Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Cool Mom 101. It's your host, Emily Kylo here, wishing you all a fabulous Tuesday. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I certainly did. The weather in Vancouver was stunning and really was spoiling us. Um, so yeah, I had a really fun day on Sunday, just hanging by the pool with some friends and family. And Saturday, I went to this amazing motherhood retreat, um, which was put on by Our Anak. And it was so nice to have a socially distanced um, event. Like, I haven't been to an event in so long. So I'd love to hear if you have been to a socially distanced event and how it was. And yeah, let me know. I love chatting about this stuff. And it was definitely something that for me, I it really filled my cup. So I'm really grateful for the amazing retreat. Um, so yeah, shout out to Barb from Arnak. It was just a fantastic event. So let's get to the confidence tip of the week. So for this week, I'm sharing a little tip that I've used many times in my life. And this is to up level your workout gear. So give that workout gear an upgrade. Every once in a while, it feels super good to just put on something that you know is like perfect for what you're doing. It's just the right fit, the right color, whatever it is. And I just feel like it makes you feel extra, a little extra, you know, feisty, which who doesn't want that when they're crushing a workout. So I just got a new set from Beach Riot and it's just the cutest. It's super um, neon pink which of course I love, and I got it off Revolve, and yeah, it was a really good ordering experience. Yeah, can't say enough about it. So that's my confidence tip of the week. Okay, let's get to episode 34. I'm so excited about this one. As you know, I love naturopathic medicine, and we are talking with Dr. Allie Power, who's a naturopathic doctor. She works out of Mint Integrative Health, um, and that's where my naturopath, Dr. Bobby, if you recall the episode with him, which was a fabulous episode, um, that's where she works as well. So for this episode, we chat postpartum support, and the tests that you should run to ensure optimal health after baby comes. We talk about gaps in the traditional medical system and where her passions lie for helping kind of fill those gaps with women. We also talk about PMS and what's within the realm of normal and what is absolutely not and different ways that you can seek support to really work on that. And we talk about shifting her practice during COVID. So she's doing a lot more um, telephone appointments, etc. And it's just really cool to hear how she's adapting. So I think you're going to love this episode with Dr. Allie. She is just a wealth of knowledge and I could have sat and talked to her for hours. Um, she's yeah, not only a wealth of knowledge, but she is just a very wonderful human being. So I hope you love this episode. Let's get to it. Here's episode 34 with Dr. Allie Power. Welcome to the show, Dr. Allie. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. 
My pleasure. So we were just talking a little before we started recording and Dr. Ali and I have a lot of things in common. So we live in the same place and our kids are almost the exact same age within a month and our kids' names are Leo and Leon. Yeah, so close. <laughs> so funny. Awesome. Okay, we're going to jump right into the mom fashions. Are you ready? Yes, I'm, I think so. <laughs> what is the best part of being a mom? I think the best part is always being brought back to the present moment. Like kids are always just living right in the moment and it's so easy to get out of that moment, but he always just brings me right back to whatever's happening right now. And I love it. Yes. That's such a good point. Yeah. You kind of have to, there's not really. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. It's, it's great. It's so refreshing. Totally. Um, what's yeah. the hardest lesson you've learned as a mom so far? I think it would be that when I don't focus on myself and like my self-care, I can't be the best mom that I want to be. So um, really having to prioritize myself and I just didn't realize how much I didn't do that before becoming a mom. And it just becomes so apparent when I'm short or whatever. And I realize I'm like, oh, I actually haven't taken time for myself or I haven't eaten properly today or whatever that is. I think that's the hardest hardest lesson and the the I think it's gonna be a long-term lesson <laughs> yeah it's a big learning curve on that one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that goes, sure. yeah that goes perfectly into the next question because what is your daily ritual so what are those things that you do to help keep you kind of able to focus on yourself and being a mom and all the other things you do yeah well to be honest I am in a very non-ritual place right now we're living with my husband's parents and we <laughs> are moving and it's a little bit chaotic but so I'll just be honest because this happens to everybody I'm not in a very good ritual space right now <laughs> but um typically it's, it's putting up an hour before Leon and um doing something for myself in the morning that's kind of the time that I take to do something for myself so some mornings that means a workout some mornings that means just sitting and writing a blog post or something that I'm really interested in or just drinking my hot coffee listening to a podcast <laughs> or something <laughs> Um, but that's kind of one thing usually I do in the morning. Awesome. So you'll be back yeah. to that once you're all settled oh, in your new gosh, place. I hope so. Oh, you yeah. will. That'll be awesome. Yes, for okay. sure. For in sure. a few weeks, that'll be your mornings again. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. What are you most grateful for in your life right now? I think I have to say how hands-on my husband is at being a parent. Um, yeah, I, it allows me to work and, and do what I'm passionate about as well as be a mom. And I just couldn't do it without him being as hands on as he is. And we don't have a typical, like traditional family uh, work week. We both work and we, but we're both also home with Leon. So we alternate days or alternate shifts so, um, that we can both be home with him and have time with him and both do what we love. So I think, yeah, him, he's just amazing. Oh, so that's lucky. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I really love hearing those kind of stories because I feel very passionately that you should, as a family, be able to create the um, kind of situation that you want. So whether it's like both parents working or just one or like kind of what you're doing where it's like almost taking shifts, but making it work because yeah. of the priorities. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, I just love that. And I think it's important to keep your passions, yours and your partner's going and the things you guys care about as well so it's really awesome to hear 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're pretty big. And even before we had kids, that was something we always talked about how we wanted. And he really wanted to be a big part of our kids' lives too. And and I loved that he wanted to do that too. So yeah, I'm really lucky. It's key. It's good to know these things before you start having the children too. Yeah, absolutely. They're important (laughs) conversations to have. So many people don't have. Yeah. (laughs) So what is your why for your life? So if you were to say like, what gets you up in the morning, you know, what makes you want to keep being a better person, better mom, et cetera, what would that be? I found this question really hard and it was a good (laughs) eye-opening, eye-opening question because I, I don't know that I have one thing, um, but kind of a theme that always comes back around to me is I just, I love advocating for women's health and I mean, that's my job and that's my career. So whether that's me living that through myself, um, like leading by example for my, the people around me and my kids, well, kid singular, (laughs) um, and uh, my patients. And then just basically my spare time is spent researching women's health concerns and writing about them. And I love it so much. And now mostly it's, it's moms and postpartum things. So yeah, I don't have a clear why, um, one answer, but I'd say like, overall, it's like supporting women and advocate, like teaching them to advocate for their, their health so that they can live really vibrant, awesome lives. Well, that's a huge, awesome why that you should be very proud yeah. of. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we all need that. And especially um, postpartum, for me anyway, it was a very a crazy, difficult time. And I think that mm-hmm. is not uncommon. So we mm-hmm. need the people like you in this world who are going to advocate for us and help and support. So yeah, that's an amazing why. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> So on that topic, thanks for those questions, by the oh. way, like, I think it's really awesome that you ask people these questions because they're, it, some of them really made me stop and think about, about things. It's good. It's nice to, it's refreshing. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's good yeah. to have that reflection sometimes. Um, and if someone totally. else can prompt you, great. Like, why not? And like you said, mm-hmm. it made you take a little pause. So I love to hear that. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's always me doing the prompting for people. So it was nice. <laughs> for once to be prompted (laughs) yeah switch it around I like it yeah yeah (laughs) so on the subject of how passionate you are about women's health really Mm -hmm. I would love to hear your journey in becoming a naturopathic doctor and then how you kind of shifted to this more of a specialty if that's fair fair to say um Mm -hmm. yeah I'd love to hear that story yeah for sure so growing up, I always was interested in healthcare. Um, I did a kinesiology degree at uh, USC in Abbotsford, and I was volunteering at a hospital, um, like Surrey Memorial Hospital, um, in the PEDS unit. And I thought, and I always had worked with kids um, teaching dance and doing summer camps and things. And so I thought at that time I wanted to be a pediatric oncologist or a pediatrician. Um, and then I worked in the hospital volunteering and I, I saw a lot of need for preventative medicine in the kids that I was seeing there. And I kind of was like, I wonder what, and I didn't really like being in the hospital. I really, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the environment of the hospital. So I kind of was like, oh gosh, what am I going to do now? And I grew up with a lot of like digestive concerns and like really heavy painful periods. Um, and 
so someone recommended me to see a naturopathic doctor and I did and like for myself and the first visit I just was like I left and was just crying in the car on the way home and I'm like this is what this is it like this is what I want to do I just got to spend an hour with this woman who educated me about why I'm feeling this way and and what these things are, why these things are happening and lifestyle things that I can do to help them where I was felt really ignored um, by medical professionals that I had seen before that. So I just felt so heard and listened to. And then, yeah, I just, at that, that was in my first year of university that I did that. So kind of switched everything over and learned more about naturopathic medicine and how to get into the program and then just worked, did everything to do to work towards that. So my own kind of health struggles, I guess, led me, led me here. And then, so when I was going through school and kind of first graduated, I was really focusing on like hormone balancing, which I still do a lot of, but um, periods and heavy painful periods and digestion and acne and all that kind of stuff. And then um, my husband and I went through the process of getting pregnant and being pregnant. And <laughs> I went through the process of postpartum and being a mom and just the whole journey I just loved it. And I kind of knew I would. I always loved that. I was so always so fascinated about like birth and pregnancy and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's amazing. So now my practice really focuses on moms. And I just think there's gaps in in the healthcare system for moms. And I want to fill help or be a part of filling kind of that gap and advocating for more care and um, more continued care for moms after their kind of six week dis postpartum discharge so yeah that's kind of how I got here I think I think it you kind of correlate with your own personal experiences as you like a lot of my friends who are practitioners kind of like to focus on things that they've experienced so I just have I remember seeing moms in practice before I was a mom and I just didn't fully get it and I and Mm -hmm. not that you can't be an empathetic person and you can't you can definitely see moms if you're not a mom but but having the experience of, of be going through it, I just connect with mom so well. And, and I, I don't, of course, get their exact story, but you, you just have this different empathy and different understanding. And you just don't even need to explain something when, when you've gone through it yourself. So yeah, that's kind of how I got here. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Such a great story. And you're right. You do hear a lot, especially from other naturopaths I've talked to, um, because I find that typically you're a very passionate bunch. And (laughs) um, I have noticed that quite a few times where that's how they got into it. They were a little ignored or um, just underserved in the more, you know, traditional medicine world. Yeah. You know, were advised or a friend told them like, why don't you check out like a naturopath and then like you said that kind of hit that switch and they're like wow I feel heard I feel seen and for me that's kind of why I a similar idea as to why I moved into um going to naturopaths as kind of like my primary care really Mm -hmm. is that I had struggled with migraines and I was so Mm -hmm. frustrated with it was always like we'll take this pill you know, mm-hmm. try this other pill. And I, I, even from a younger age was like, no, like, but why am I getting migraines? Like, can we not yeah. not talk about that? Is it just mm-hmm. take a new pill? And I just, that never sat right with me. And I was like, no, there's gotta be a better way. And I love the like holistic approach. Um, so yeah, can't say enough about your amazing. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Aww. 
I would That's love so to nice to hear. You've had a great experience. Oh, yes. The best. Um, I'm curious to hear more about where you see the, you just mentioned there's gaps that you'd seen in mm-hmm. kind of um, the traditional medicine or whatever the right context is for that mm-hmm. with moms. So mm-hmm. what are a couple of those gaps that you can share that you've seen? Yeah, I think that, I mean, most of my patients and people I know in, like, we're in BC, and, and most a lot of people see midwives. Um, I think that we're so lucky to have access to midwifery care in BC. We have amazing regulated midwives, and I think that they are, are really helping to, to support some of those maybe gaps because their care postpartum, not only through pregnancy, but specifically postpartum is so thorough and, and you get such incredible care from them um, for the six weeks after your baby's born for you and your baby. And so that I think is a huge help. And I think um, the, like with, if you have a low risk pregnancy and you're able to be with midwives, I think I highly recommend, um, recommend that. Obviously there's a place for everybody in the postpartum care, but I just, I think they they do a big, amazing job at, um, at supporting that. But the thing that I find, especially in my patients postpartum, is that six weeks of care after you have a baby isn't enough. And so much comes up after that six-week mark when you are discharged from your care providers that women need support with. And so that's kind of what I like to do with my patients is kind of be like, you know what, let, those, let the midwives take all care of you or your or whoever your pregnancy care provider is but once you get discharged from them come see me and let's keep going with your care because so much comes up as you know after six weeks and it, it's so overwhelming like whether it be mental health um, concerns whether it's breastfeeding support whether it's just questions about how you're doing things like with your baby um like migraines, getting periods back, like whatever it is, there's so many things that can come up again after the baby's born and hormone changes, um, fatigue, (laughs) hair loss, like the list goes on. And there's so, so, so many things that we can support women through after that. So that's kind of, I guess, the biggest gap is that kind of going from all this care until six weeks and then nothing. And then I also feel like sometimes the care after birth is really focused on the baby, which is Mm -hmm. fine and and necessary, but I just feel like there's like a missing component of the care of the mother. And I think that that's what I really try to emphasize in, in any postpartum care is that the mom needs as much care as the baby needs. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I would 100% agree to that statement. Now that I've been through it, I would say I Mm -hmm. definitely needed as much, if not more care than my baby. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was interesting because I was one of those people who was extremely on the ball in my pregnancy. And I was like, so I felt so prepared for labor as much as you can, having never done it before but I felt really good about it. And I I had a home birth. I had no medication, no nothing. My labor was six hours. I had no like tearing. Like it was that, and my pregnancy, I loved. I barely had any symptoms. It was just like a really amazing, beautiful experience. And then Mm -hmm. postpartum like hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like not prepared. And not that there's like, uh, now that you've been through it too, there's still certain things that you can't prepare people for. Mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. but I think I didn't even have the support set up 
Like for example, yeah. having someone like you that I could come to see. Um, I didn't have yeah. that set up in a way that would support me and probably would have made a lot better experience. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I think it's so important to have those pieces kind of in place so that if you do need extra support, it's there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it's so true. And that's one of my big pieces of advice that I talk about. Like every time I see women through pregnancy, I'm asking them like, what are you doing to, what are you doing to set up your postpartum experience? What kind of things can we do now? Like and go through and going through that with them because we're so focused on the pregnancy and I get it I was too like you're so focused on what's going on with the baby what you can do and not do what's happening with your body like you're so focused on that and the birth and labor and delivery you're so focused on it and and then suddenly there's all these things that come up that you're so not prepared for like breastfeeding if, they, if you choose to do that and and even just the process of feeding your child and in general yeah. in any way like there's and then plus all the things that happen with your your body it's, it's yeah there's so 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 many things and you're right I think we need to do better job a better job at helping women during their pregnancy kind of prepare for that um but it is hard because in, in the moment you're not really some you just don't have the capacity really to think that far in advance when you're when you're in that moment but the biggest piece like you said is having somebody that you see regularly to help you with that um or just enough support around you whether that be family or friends or or whatever the case but totally but i think yes yes but i think that's the message that i i know you're passionate about i like to continue to tell people is think about those the postpartum period when yeah. you're pregnant, like you said, because once totally. it's there, you don't really mm -hmm. have the time or energy to start trying to figure out mm -hmm. where you could get support from. So I think like totally. that should be a huge part of preparing for the baby, Yeah, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. So something I was really curious to ask you about as well, which um, just came up, is that you used to do a lot around periods and PMS. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what would you say, what is your take on PMS? Because I've read a lot of like differing information as mm -hmm. there often is. And yeah. I'm just curious to know, because I did used to have symptoms of PMS. Now I have nothing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious to know, like, is PMS something that is common for women to experience, first of all? And second of all, though, is it something that we should be experiencing or is this something that there's typically certain things you can do lifestyle wise hormones wise etc to kind of get rid of those symptoms mm -hmm. yeah so your moods so pms when we when we talk about pms we're really talking about a collection of different symptoms um, around your period but some changes in your mood, for example, is normal in your cycle. Like it's normal to feel differently throughout the four weeks or approximately four weeks of your cycle. But anything that's affecting your life or your daily living or your ability to go to work or function is not normal. So periods that like dysmenorrhea or painful periods that is affecting your life is not normal. And mood changes that are affecting your life aren't normal. Migraines, headaches that are affecting your life are not normal. So we do a bad job as a society of, well, sorry, we do a good job of normalizing these symptoms. 
but they're not. They're not really normal and they're not supposed to be happening. And unfortunately, a lot of the time what happens is um, as teens, if, if girls have these symptoms, they get put on a birth control pill to help with, get rid of them, um, which does get rid of them and is needed in some cases. I'm not against birth control completely, but but we're not actually figuring out why they have these symptoms. So, and then as and adults have them too. So, so yeah, to answer your question, they're not, they're not normal. It's not normal to have these, these symptoms that are really affecting your life. And there's so many things that we can do to help with those things. Um, most of it, there's lifestyle things, like you said, there's different nutrition um, things that we can use. Uh, there's supplements and nutrients that we can use to help. And then there's um, herbs and other other things if it if it's more significant. But yeah, there's lots and lots we can do to support PMS and and painful periods and heavy periods and yeah. Awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely had success in working with a naturopath for that. And we did end up, there was a few lifestyle things. And then we, I did end up taking a specific herb, can't remember the name of it. Um, but it did, it changed it almost completely after a few months. So it was, yeah. it was pretty amazing. And like you said, right. I think it is a little bit normalized. And that's why I was really mm-hmm. curious to hear your take on it. Because I think as women in general, we tend to sweep those things under the rug a little bit and just kind of get by. And I'm like, yeah. I, I just don't want people to just get by. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. If you, yeah, if you're experiencing those things, like get help. It's like you just said, it's not really normal to have those type of symptoms that affect your life. Yeah. Yeah. So there's yeah, help. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, don't go definitely. On, don't go on like that. Okay. Switching no. gears back to the postpartum period, because, you know, both yep. of us are very passionate about this. Um, <laughs> aside from setting yourself up with the right support, um, mm-hmm. and if I was to do it again, if I have to have another baby, for me, that would probably be hiring a postpartum doula. That would also be having my mom stay with us for at least three weeks, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To really like help. Um, mm-hmm. Those are a couple things. Oh, and I would have all my food kind of taken care of. Like I don't want to cook at all. Yeah. So those are my things. And I've actually, I wrote it down kind of in this process postpartum. Now I'm, you know, 20 months postpartum, but in yeah. the beginning I was writing these things down. Um, so aside from having that support, what are some other tips for newer moms for really um, having a better postpartum experience? Yeah, I mean, you touched on a lot of the things that I that I talk to moms about. So like you said, the biggest one is having support set up. So whether that's somebody staying with you, um, it has to be the right support. So that's right. something I kind of have a conversation with women about too. And that doesn't always mean it's your family. Um for some people, it's not, that's not the right kind of support to have around. And basically, you just need to have somebody or people around that can help you with no judgment or expectation of you. And so that you can literally just do what you need to do. And they're there to support you. So whether that means holding the baby while you have a shower, but maybe also usually for most women, it means letting the mom just hang out with the baby and them doing the rest of the things like the cooking the ha- whatever else needs to be done in the house um most women find it not as helpful when people come over to help with the baby um yes i 100 percent am with you on that one yeah yeah <laughs> um so that's that's one huge thing is asking for help and 
I find where the biggest thing, I mean, for me, I'm so passionate about nutrition. And so especially postpartum, like you're healing from something extremely, some extreme, I, I mean, I don't like to use the word trauma, but it's a like labor and delivery. And it's, it's a big event for your body and mm-hmm. you need nutrients. You lose a lot of nutrients. You're, if you're breastfeeding, you're losing so many nutrients. Your, your, your body's trying to work so hard. Um, so nutrition is a really big piece of what I try to focus on with women. So whether that's having meals prepped ahead of time in your freezer um, and by meals prepped ahead of time, I mean like food that you have to heat up and that's it. Not yeah. like food in there that you have to figure out what to do with and cook because you're not going to want to do that it's like things that are ready that all you have to do is either throw them in the crock pot in the morning or throw them in a pan or throw them in the toaster oven or whatever um smoothie packs are one other tip that I give new moms too that I really love so I basically made like 50 ziploc bags of frozen fruit and a green powder and a protein powder and um, like a spinach and flax seeds and whatever else you want to put in a smoothie except for the liquid basically in little ziploc bags and have them in a basket in the freezer so you could just grab one dump it into the blender and pour water in or whatever it is and blend it so those are really great to have um, little like energy balls or, or like healthy nut and seed granola bars there's a few recipes that I give to women to have to make to have on hand and like a lot more than you think um because you're so (laughs) snacky yeah and it's so it's so hard to I found it just I didn't ever really want to eat big meals um right away especially like I just really loved having lots of snacks on hand um and like and so that's nutritionally that's kind of um having things prepped ahead of time and then being okay asking for help with food um if someone's coming over ask them to bring a meal if like just and being okay to just ask for help and ask for those things because most of the time people are so happy to do that for you um and then like you said hiring a postpartum doula I wish I had done that as well Same. um yeah Next I, don't know why. Time, I had, a doula, had a birth doula had a birth doula and I it was so the did best. I. and what? yeah that was the best. Yeah, gosh, it was the best. And I wish I had a postpartum doula, but I have lots of like people and connections now if anybody needs one, a recommendation, but there's so many amazing ones and they will literally just come to your house and do what you need, do whatever you need help with. Um, or you have family or somebody or friends helping you with that. Um, so that's kind of like the main, and then doing one, what I try to also tell moms is to try to keep one thing in your day that's for you. And it's hard postpartum, but because I find it's really, you can lose yourself really, really fast after you have your baby and everything's about your baby, everyone coming over, all they want to do is talk about your baby and see your baby and your mind is really focused on your baby all the time. And so whether it's you go for a walk by yourself once a day or like whatever it is to you that makes you feel like you and refreshed and recharge I'm not talking about like basic needs like showering and eating I'm talking about like something that really makes you actually happy and feel like you and I find that helps women to kind of be like okay I had this little bit of time to myself if that's what you feel or a date night with your partner like whatever it is just one thing a day that um, makes you feel really happy and like you and yeah those are kind of the basic tips and I mean resting as much as you can um you're like if you look at the shape of a placenta like I don't know if anyone has really looked at your placenta but if you look at it and how big it is that is the size of the wound that you have on your uterus like 
it's a massive wound that's inside you that's healing. Like you need to rest, you need to let that heal. Um, and so many moms try and just like do it all and, and do it all by themselves and get back to like normal right away and bounce back, whatever those terms mean. And it's just, I, yeah, it's, I just really try to encourage people to rest. So that's kind of like the very beginning of postpartum. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a journey, right? And having someone like you to help guide the process is obviously a really great thing to do as well. Um, because yeah. then you'll give all those extra tips. And just for me, I think having those types of supports, like I had a lactation consultant and mm-hmm. I swear it was, mo- it was almost more the like mental health counseling. <laughs> yeah. And she said, she's like, yeah, the most common time that, that like women will contact me is typically, and this is, I know very like heterosexual example, but is typically when their um, husband or partner has like gone back to work yeah. and they're they're alone. She's like, that's the common time that I'll, I'll get the call. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of yeah. sense to me. Because <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, totally. having a little more support and then all of a sudden you don't. Um, so yeah, I think any way that women can have all those types of support you asked is just so yeah. key. And this yeah, for sure. Very nice. And then there's like, I, I think some other things to postpartum is so many, there's like, you need to stay on top of your, your levels and your blood work. And that's something I find maybe we're, we want to talk about this later, but that's just another really key thing in the postpartum period that I think people don't really realize. Um, there's like iron levels, thyroid levels, vitamin D. There's so many things that can be deficient postpartum that can be contributing to symptoms. So that's another reason seeing somebody, um, seeing a naturopathic doctor if you can, or just keeping up with your, your, your health after your baby's born. Yeah. So important. And what are the panels that you would typically run postpartum kind of like the basics that you say you're going to your naturopath, what should you ask for or another type of doctor? Yeah. What are the things that you really like to see tested? So I usually postpartum will run an iron assessment. Um, a lot of women are have low iron through their pregnancy, and um, a lot of women lose blood during labor and delivery, um, which can lower your iron as well. And then breastfeeding also can reduce your iron content. So iron's a really key one. Um, and some symptoms of, of low iron are fatigue, which is really tricky to differentiate postpartum. <laughs> so that's why like at least the blood work will tell us. Um, so fatigue, hair loss dry skin, um, constipation or, or bowel things can sometimes come up with low iron, uh, restless legs or like leg cramps, um, shortness of breath, those kind of things. So iron is a big one. Um, your thyroid is another really important gland to screen after you've had a baby because there can be some different um, thyroid conditions that are a lot more common postpartum and some symptoms of those. It's really tricky, but it could be anxiety. Um, your thyroid really impacts your breast milk production. So some women that are having or been told that they have low milk supply, we need to make sure we're checking your thyroid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then any mental health kind of concerns postpartum, again, fatigue can be a cause, dry skin, bowel changes. Um, so yeah, iron, thyroid, vitamin D is another one I like to, to check in those. And sometimes B12, depending on, on the person, but those are kind of the basic, basic things. And then um, from there, we can go from there, depending on the person's individual situation, but those are kind of the main, the yeah. main ones. The baseline you like to see. Yeah. Really every woman should get tested after. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I did end up having, I had kind of low iron through my pregnancy. And then um, when I finally got it retested again with Dr. Bobby, um, yeah, yeah, um, it was super low. And he suggested I go, um, well, he, he just presented, you know, as an option to go yeah. get an IV um, infusion. Yeah. Called, and that, you guys, was amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. if you can make it happen, because I noticed changes and symptoms within like a few days, I think it was like yeah. so fast. And yeah. now my iron, it's like really stable. And yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing. So good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like you said, what is it's tricky? And, and that's why I think it is mm-hmm. key to test it is because mm-hmm. so many of these symptoms you talked about are kind of like common with postpartum even if you weren't iron deficient, it's like, you're, you're probably going to be tired mm-hmm. at some points. So it's really hard to know. So I think making yeah. sure you advocate for yourself and get those things tested just to make sure is definitely key. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we are in the middle of a bit of a unique time with um, COVID, etc. So I was curious to hear how you have been adapting and kind of changing your practice with the times. Yeah. So, I mean, when it first started, it was a bit of a a shock to practice. I'm used to seeing patients in person all the time, but we adapted really quickly and um, I see patients mostly virtually now and it's awesome. I love it. They love it because most of my patients are moms, they don't have to organize necessarily childcare or they can do their appointment while their baby's sleeping or their kid toddler sleeping. Um, they don't have to leave the house. They can see me and get the same care from, from their home. So I have been really, really been loving it. And so have my patients. Um, I still do in-person visits. I work at Mint Integrative Health in Vancouver, and I still am seeing patients in person who either really want to come in in person or I feel like I need to see them in person. So if my mom's having breastfeeding concerns, I right. usually want to see her in person just to see what the latch is like um, and what's going on, look and give a breast exam and that kind of thing. So for in-person appointments, you can still book those with me now, now that things have kind of loosened up again, but mm-hmm. we're trying to keep those to more essential visits only and everything else virtually. So yeah, it's been definitely been an, an adapting a time of adaptation but but I I think honestly it it has kind of really propelled this virtual medicine forward I think it was going this way anyways but I think it kind of has propelled it to be more of a of something that's going to be around for a while now and I'm really excited about it especially as a mom for me too it's been nice being able to do some time from home um see patients while my toddler's napping and you kind of can fit fit a little bit more in without having to leave the house so I know some people really don't really don't love it some people in my like some colleagues really 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 miss the in-person and love the in-person um and I I do I miss definitely love also face-to-face and in-person connection too but I think that it's just kind of the way of the future for this for medicine and I'm excited about it yeah I love that and I love how you just quickly adapted and kind of took that on. And I think for me as a mom, I actually really enjoy them as well. So I, I can attest to that. Um, yeah. Like you said, I don't have to like get in my car, pack my stuff, drive yeah. somewhere, even if it's, qu- even if it's 15 minutes while well, you still have to drive yeah. and park. And so it just takes that off the table. And I actually, I love it too. 
So it's been yeah. really nice to have that option now, which I think going yeah. forward will be great. Even like mm-hmm. you said, if there's some patients that really need to come in, that's great. But I think for a lot of us, like we said, especially moms, it's, it's lovely. Yeah. 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 And something else I love that it's allowed me to do too is because I work in Vancouver, but I grew up and live in Langley. I love that it's allowed me to connect with more people because they don't have to drive to Vancouver to see me anymore. And, and that's always been a part of my mission is like, I always have known that I want to connect with people more than just in a face-to-face in-person matter, because I just want to be able to reach more women than I can, I'll be able to ever see just by seeing patients one-on-one. Um, and so that's always been a part of my vision for my kind of career and everything. So I started a podcast while COVID was happening. So that was kind of beginning to, to reaching more people. And I have lots of plans for online courses and different things coming up. Um, so it was kind of that kickstart that I needed to, to get yeah. this in gear to reach more women. So Absolutely. I'm excited. I love that. I'm excited for yeah. you. And I can talk you. to you like all day because I, I know I can love this stuff. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and you are just such a wealth of knowledge. And I just want to thank you so much for, for being here and acknowledge you for the amazing work that you're doing for women and women that really, really need that extra support, which is through pregnancy and postpartum. So thank you. Well, thank you very much for those kind words. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for what you're doing too. I think just spreading the word via whatever avenue possible and opening up actual real conversations and motherhood is something we don't have enough of. So thank you also. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Lightning round. You ready? Lightning round. Lightning round. We're in. Okay. Okay. What's your favorite book? My favorite book is probably, well, right now I'm really into the Rachel Hollis books. The girl so wash your face and girl stop apologizing. Yeah, I have them on audiobooks specifically, and I just her voice is so motivating and exciting. Gets me going. Yes, love yeah, it. gets me going. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite drink of choice. Coffee. Coffee. Yes. <laughs> Current favorite podcast. Oh, uh, so it's always my favorite, but it's Aviv- Dr. Aviva Ram. She's a medical doctor and a herbalist and a midwife in the States and it's called Natural MD Radio. I nerd out on it. It's, yeah, it's the best. It's all women's health concerns and health um, related issues and I love it. That sounds like something I'll have to check out too because I also yeah. nerd out on this stuff. So <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your favorite, favorite TV uh, show or movie right now? Uh, I always go back to Friends as my favorite TV show. Yeah. Classic. Classic. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> favorite place you've traveled? Europe. Do I need to be more specific? <laughs> Definitely Europe. I mean, Italy was amazing. So good. I love Italy. Too. And, yeah. Italy. I yeah. feel like Italy. If you're going to pick. Or love it. And yeah. okay. So we can't go on a plane right now, really. But if you could jump on uh, one yeah. tomorrow, where would you be off to? Amsterdam or Italy? Those are my two favorites. <laughs> Back to Italy. Yeah, one of those two. The pass of the wine, the amazing oh, thing in Italy. Yeah, so good. <laughs> the yeah and Amsterdam has too. it all. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I feel like now with a toddler, it would probably be Amsterdam because that feels more doable than Italy. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Wait till they get a little older, then we can just like yeah. go to villa and like you know have some help yeah. there, and it'll be a it'll be a good thing again. <laughs> okay final question before I let you go so one of the things I am most passionate about in the world is confidence so I love Mm -hmm. hearing um, everyone's take on it so Mm -hmm. what does confidence mean to you 
think that it means doing the work on your mental and emotional health so that you can basically be who you are meant to be, but actually from the inside, not just not just based on somebody else's view. But I think it requires a lot of work, honestly, confidence. And I think it's a it's a journey, not a thing that you reach. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that Absolutely. answers your question. But. I love that. No, that's great. Thanks so much again, Dr. Ali. And everyone will probably follow you on Instagram is the best place to keep up with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty I try to be relatively active on Instagram, um, which is Dr. Ali Power. So D-R-A-L-L-Y Power. And then my website is drallypower.com. And I have a podcast, the Natural Mama Doc Podcast as well. Awesome. So I'll link everything up for yeah. everyone so we can all stay in touch. And thanks so much awesome. again. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. My pleasure. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.